discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Kellogg's is introducing a cereal robot to make the easiest food to prepare even easier. The Verge reports, Kellogg's, legal guardian of such serial mascots as Tony the Tiger and Toucan Sam, has partnered with DoorDash-owned Chowbotics to launch a new serial mixing robot at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Florida State University. The Kellogg's Bowl Bot offers a vending machine type experience for one of the simplest breakfast foods and charges anywhere from $2.99 to $6.50 for the privilege. The Bowl Bot could be best thought of as an extension of Chowbotic's earlier Sally Fresh Food and Salad Robot. You interact with it via a touchscreen to select through your dairy bases, milk or yogurt, combinations of cereals and granolas, and toppings like fresh fruit or cocoa nibs. Kellogg's also offers custom pre-designed combinations of cereals at a higher price if something like the Hawaii 5-0, Frosted Mini Wheats, Bare Naked Fit Triple Berry Granola, Pineapple, Coconut, and Mango sounds better than what you can come up with on your own. While Bullbot seems to offer plenty of options, there's some more human preferences it might not account for, like adding less milk to avoid soggy cereal. Kellogg's tells The Verge that currently Bullbot uses preset amounts of milk and yogurt. Applying the Coca-Cola Freestyle soda machine experience to cereal makes some amount of sense. It takes up less space than a cereal bar and theoretically eliminates the need for individual boxes and walk-ins full of milk. It does also seem like a way to further nickel and dime students through a kind of food DRM. Each college will handle its meal plans differently, but I'd be pretty annoyed if my unlimited cereal for dinner lifestyle got saddled with $3 per bowl microtransactions. TheVerge.com. Well folks, that opening story should tell you everything you need to know about today's topic. And if you still don't have a clue, either you didn't hear the rest of my shows this week, or you simply weren't paying attention. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Howdy folks, that's right, this week I have been doing a series of food and drink related episodes. 
And each one thus far, including today, begins with a Florida man story. So without further ado, I present to you the following headline. Florida man says he's being stalked by a giant Fruit Loop. And this is from a blogger who goes by the name of Blake X. And he writes, Cabrini De Loco, 53, is a lifelong Florida resident and successful business owner. He believes himself to be perfectly sane and has every reason to feel that way. He graduated to the top of his class from the University of Miami. He has played bit roles in independent films and commercials, and he has always been held in high regard by his local community, until recently. Quote, People think I'm delusional, said DeLoco, but I know what's happening. End quote. It all began two weeks ago when DeLoco was finishing up some last-minute yard work. Quote, I was packing up some things in the shed when out of the corner of my eye I see a giant red fruit loop, round as a button, creeping around by the hedges. It had no arms or legs, and it was hovering about a foot above the grass. It put a fear in me, let me tell you. The damned thing started coming at me, and I just booked it. Ran from the backyard all the way to the nearest store before I had to stop to catch my breath. End quote. That was the beginning of 14 days of fear and paranoia, he says. In fact, he claims that same night he found the excessively large, autonomous piece of cereal just outside his living room window, seeming to peer at him through the glass. Quote, but there are no eyes, so who can know for sure? The loco's voice trembles as he holds back tears. What does it want, huh? Since that day, I've seen it lurking about almost everywhere I go. The post office, the bank, the mini-mart outside the Pizza Hut. It's chased me several more times, almost got me once or twice, end quote. The worst part, DeLoco says, is that Fruit Loops used to be his favorite cereal. Quote, I tried having it again after this whole ordeal started. I poured myself a bowl one morning and just kind of sat there and stared, watching those dreadful ring-shaped pieces float together in the milk. Each one of them might have been an O, but to me they spelled disaster, end quote. DeLoco says he tried to tell his neighbors and even filed a police report, all to no avail. Quote, they look at me like I'm crazy. To be frank, I know that claiming you're being stalked and harassed by cereal can come across as rather unreasonable. So I've tried to get photograph evidence, but this O is a clever one. He always runs off before I can get a good picture, the evasive devil. End quote. Asked what he plans to do going forward, the loco admits it might be time to put aside his fear and try to communicate with the Fruit Loop. Quote, I'm starting to feel like maybe he's not trying to hurt me. Maybe he's trying to warn me about something. I mean, his people are bagged and boxed every day to be consumed by the public. Maybe he's had enough, and he believes the wholesale killing and consumption of his kind has to stop. If that's worth fighting for, maybe he and I ought to sit down and talk. I've always been an advocate for justice. Whatever I need to do, I'll jump through hoops to get it right. End quote. BlakeDepe.com Well, I don't know about all that. Maybe the Fruit Loop was just trying to tell Mr. DeLoco about Kellogg's latest collaboration with Glad. Perhaps by now you've seen it all over the news and social media. It's got a bright purple box with rainbows and hearts, and a place where your kids can put their pronouns, because not all boys and girls are, well, boys and girls, apparently. As reported by Cision PR Newswire, limited edition Together with Pride cereal hit shelves across the country this week, marking the latest collaboration between Kellogg's and GLAD. LGBTQ plus icons and friends of GLAD will start their day with the new cereal to celebrate that no matter who you are or who you love, you are too awesome to fit into a box. Fans can get involved by joining the hashtag BoxesAreForCereal challenge 
via TikTok. And for every box purchased and by uploading your receipt, Kellogg will donate $3 for a total of up to $140,000 to support GLAD's efforts in accelerating acceptance and advancing equality for the LGBTQ plus community. Quote, together with Pride Serial marks the latest chapter in a years-long partnership with GLAD and is the evolution of the much-loved All Together Serial, which previously was only available online, said Doug Vandeveld, general manager of Kellogg U.S. Cereal category. Our delicious new recipe features berry-flavored rainbow hearts dusted with edible glitter. We can't wait for fans to try our latest limited run, end quote. Together with Pride Cereal is now available at select major retailers nationwide while supplies last. Quote, boxes are for cereal, not people, is the embodiment and celebration of Kellogg Company's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, not just within Kellogg Company, but also at the tables of our cereal fans coast to coast. As Kellogg has grown its multi-year allyship with GLAD, the company hopes to spread the word on allyship and show its support for the transgender and gender non-conforming communities. End quote. Priscilla Koriteng, Vice President, Talent and Diversity, said, quote, Kellogg has a long-standing commitment to equity, diversity, and inclusion to our employees, our consumers, and communities. New Together with Pride Serial is our latest effort aligned with our purpose to create better days and a place at the table for everyone, end quote. In addition to the hashtag boxes are for cereal challenge, being proud of who you are is not confined to just one month. For the first time, Kellogg has created Together with Pride animated stickers on Instagram and Facebook, letting fans add a little pride to their posts all year long. Quote, Kellogg's new Together with Pride cereal will create opportunities for homes and families to have conversations about the importance of acceptance, compassion, and understanding, especially when it comes to LGBTQ plus youth, said GLAD president and CEO Sarah Kate Ellis. Kellogg is not only building on an ongoing commitment to support the LGBTQ plus community, but initiatives that spotlight the importance of using correct pronouns to create safe and welcoming spaces for trans and non-binary people, end quote. Globally, Kellogg aims to drive a good and just world in support of equality for LGBTQ plus communities through internal education and policies as employees participate in trainings and strive for social justice on an ongoing basis. The company works to give each person the unique resources and support they need to fulfill their potential and continually push for tangible and visible commitment from leadership, employees, and partners alike. PRNewsWire.com Well, needless to say, this particular cereal box has not been sitting well with some, but we're just going to leave that alone for now. And instead, let us go back in time to 2017, when HuffPost did not need purple hearts and glitter cereal boxes where kids can write down their pronouns to run a headline that said, quote, you'll never look at cereal boxes the same again, end quote. And this was an article written by Emily Cohn, who said, the next time you stroll down the cereal aisle at a grocery store, blindfold your child, because the characters on kids' cereal boxes are literally staring at your children. According to a recent study from Cornell University's Food and Brand Lab, 
lab, cereals that are marketed to children tend to be placed on lower shelves, not so weird, and feature characters that often look downward toward children, very weird. In other words, Cap'n Crunch and his other sugar-loving friends make eye contact with kids, which in turn builds brand loyalty. The same can't be said of adult cereal boxes, in which characters often gazed straight ahead, the researchers found. To arrive at this conclusion, the Cornell team examined 65 different types of cereal at 10 different grocery stores, or a total of 86 cereal quote-unquote spokes characters. The team measured the angle of the character's gaze four feet away from the shelf. Of these characters, 66% were targeted at kids and gazed downward. This eye contact isn't just a matter of being polite. The study found that trust for and connection to a brand are significantly increased when eye contact is established. The researchers came to that conclusion after participants viewed two versions of a Trix cereal box, one in which eye contact was made and one in which it was not. They found that when the Trix rabbit made eye contact, quote-unquote brand trust increased by 16% and, quote, feeling of connection to the brand, end quote, rose 28%. Anir Tall, a postdoctoral research associate at Cornell, said that in many cases, the characters on cereal boxes are actually just looking down at the cereal pictured on the box. So it's not entirely clear that the boxes are designed to deliberately seduce kids. But incidental or not, the findings are striking. But are cereal companies subliminally brainwashing us? It's unclear. When contacted for comment, Kellogg's did not directly address the study, but noted that it follows industry guidelines on marketing foods to children. Tall said, quote, Personally, I don't think it's a deliberate strategy. I think it's incidental. But the finding could be used for good. End quote. One way? The findings could help companies market healthier cereals to younger kids, Tall suggested. For now, Tall recommends some basic advice for those who want to make conscious, smart decisions at the grocery store. Quote, Stick to the shopping list. End quote. HuffPost.com The following is an essay written by Michelle Handelman and Monte Cazaza titled The Serial Box Conspiracy Against the Developing Mind and this can be found in the book Apocalypse Culture edited by Adam Parfrey. The essay itself, from what I can tell, was written anywhere between 1985 and 1987. So please keep that in mind as I read. The biggest conspiracy of all, which few even dare to acknowledge, is that we are victims of our birth. Thanks to the often accidental result of a conjoining of simpletons, we are yanked unasked into this noxious land of pretense. We are doomed to fit into someone else's plan until we become cunning enough to find a way out. By the time we figure out where we stand, it's too late to leave, and even suicide has become a felony. The second biggest conspiracy comes into play soon after birth. The weaning and shaping of new lives into the consumerist reality, which is what the behavioral science of marketing children's cereals is all about. Leaving the supermarket without a box of breakfast with Barbie is not a crime, but your kids will make you think it is if you don't purchase at least a couple of the latest holographic polychromatic free prize inside Nintendo cereal systems. It's not just the mood-elevating refined sugared product they are selling. You could make a good case for food manufacturing 
manufacturer's collusion with the AMA, ADA, and FDA, supplying a ready quantity of sugar-addicted children with juvenile diabetes and dental carriers. With children's breakfast cereal, the product is only nominally different from brand to brand, and then primarily in its food coloring. No, the food product is only a Trojan horse into the hearts and minds of the little Billies and Debbies. Food manufacturers are training children to gorge themselves on style, on pop culture. The corporate mascots and icons of the past can no longer serve contemporary corporate Liebenstrom. Children are to have a TV show, a top movie, a record album, a video game, and a toy doll to accompany their eating experience. Kids are to have breakfast with the same quote-unquote friend who appears on the back of their t-shirts and as toys in their sandbox and on characters on endlessly rerun television shows. This quote-unquote friendship is purposefully imaginary rather than tactile. The images are seductive but are not tangible, creating angst in the young children who gorge themselves with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cereal in order to fill the absence inside them. Advertising works on two premises. One, convincing us to buy what we don't need, and two, convincing us to buy back what we already have. Advertising spreads its economic hegemony through the tried and true religious principles of fear and guilt. Advertising intervenes between people and their needs separates them from direct fulfillment, and urges its victims to believe that satisfaction can only be obtained through the symbolic magic or grace of its commodity. Foodstuffs that are advertised are usually processed, meaning more expensive, less naturally appealing, less nourishing, and often harmful. Children's cereals rate high in all four of these iniquities. Cereal boxes are designed to hold young ones in thrall as they progress through the normal transitory stages of orality and anality. The symbol of consumption, the open mouth, is found on nearly every box. More subliminally, symbols of the act of excretion are found on such products as cookie crisps, corn pops, and the aptly named cocoa pebbles. Cookie Crisp gives us a lip-smacking bandit with a tongue sticking out of a stretching mouth. Cocoa Pebbles is even less subtle. Barney and Fred are placed on opposite sides of the large bowl containing the chocolate Cocoa Pebbles. The first perversion comes with the concept of Barney and Fred engaging in a menage a trois in oral consumption of Pebbles, the name of Fred's daughter. The clincher is in the giant cereal bowl before them, with a hole bored out in the center with the aid of Barney's quote-unquote drill. From the sphincterish hole, large brown blobs are shitted out. The cover of Corn Pops, formerly Sugar Pops, also boasts the prevalent hole with flying feces, with the O in Pops, jettisoning large yellow-brown blobs to all corners of the box. The predominant color of Cookie Crisp and Cocoa Pebbles is brown, while Corn Pops accompanies its brown with urine-yellow stains. Breakfast with Barbie appeals to the precocious libido of preteen girls and boys. The pink motif of the box is targeted for girls and, perhaps, sissy boys rebelling from their puppy dog tail stereotype. But the image of a scantily clad Barbie showing lots of plastic flesh might be just the perfect breakfast companion for the developing heterosexual boy. The result of this may be to confuse a young boy's sexual orientation. This may be welcomed by food manufacturers, for market surveys have found gay men to be more 
avid shoppers than their hetero counterparts. For the girls, the pink design of the Breakfast with Barbie cereal box suggests nothing more than prepubescent female genitalia. To this end, an optical illusion that appears on the Breakfast with Barbie box panders to the primal fears of a young girl's sexual self-discovery. In between Barbie's legs, an undefinable form emerges very pink and very erect. Is it a giant clitoris? A tongue? A penis? Further investigation reveals the form as Barbie's pink sunglasses, which she rests upon her knee. Exclusivity, which has played such a big part in status advertising for the last 70 years, has only just recently been applied to the children's marketplace. Frosted Flakes, Cheerios, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all offer a quote-unquote limited edition box with a hologram on the front. This may be the most dangerous form of advertising of all, since it foments such anti-social and competitive values as wealth and status. The collision of children's games with consumerist doctrine carries the developing mind further afield from the childhood dream state so necessary to the formation of a whole and healthy personality. Paramount in the invasion of economic hegemony into childhood imagination is the cynical revamping of fairy tales in the use of the quote-unquote magical agent to convince children of the merits of sugar cereals. Lucky Charms' friendly Irish midget is a Pied Piper who keeps children in line with the promise of sweet confections, controverting parental dicta not to accept candy from strangers. Ghostbusters and its spin-offs make good use of the unspoken secrets and mysteries that comprise the religious experience of childhood through its ridicule of adult oppressors. The prize inside Ghostbusters glows in the dark, glows secretly to children beyond the consciousness of adulthood. Corn Pops offers a prize quote-unquote ghost detector inside its box. The ghost detector is a psychic Geiger counter, a thin piece of heat-sensitive glow-in-the-dark plastic which curls up in one's hand, indicating the presence of a quote-unquote ghost. Batman cereal, the bat itself has long been associated with darker practitioners of the occult, offers a glow-in-the-dark quote-unquote bat disc flyer in exchange for a coupon. The hologram, its Itself a form of techno-magic is an offer available from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cereal in the form of a holographic t-shirt from another dimension. And Nintendo cereal system offers the child an opportunity to buy the secret quote-unquote power either on cassette or in a magazine. Presumably, this empowers the child to go beyond the limits of parental authority. PMRC would do well to look at these marketing ploys as the earliest link in the breakdown of the family unit. The masters of commerce have let children of America know that they are what they eat. A kid can be Batman, or Barbie, or Mr. T, or even the voracious Pac-Man. Can Satan Krispies be far off? And the authors conclude the essay in parentheses, Quote, We've heard of a plan afoot by one of the three big cereal manufacturers to begin test manufacturing Jesus Flakes in several predominantly Catholic South American countries and Mexico. End quote. Huh, that's very interesting. And I must confess that I didn't follow up to see whether or not Jesus Flakes ever saw the light of day. But if it did, and if it's true that cereals and their icon counterparts, in this case I suppose Jesus, are supposed to give the child the idea that they are what they eat, exactly what child would they be marketing that to? I mean, 
Who would want to be the son of God? And what parent would feed that to their kid? Unless the parents think they're gods themselves. Oh, wait a minute. I get it now. They must have been marketing that to all of the Illuminati New Agers out there. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Thursday, May 27, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.